back. Pastor Brett's in the back, and he'll take you out back for some devotion and activity out there. And the children are downstairs. Sorry about last week. Uh, I didn't get the right keys to the right people so they could unlock classrooms, and so they were stuck in the sanctuary to hear the goat. My, my dad was here last week. Uh, it's good to have my wife back. She took a little trip this week with her dad and brother Fred they were at the beach and they're back safely and we're thankful uh, that they made it home safely and I'm glad she's home because I missed her and so and she's taking a break this morning to get uh, she'll probably have something after the message because she always adds salt to the meal that I give uh, and so we're thankful would you get your Bibles out this morning your smart devices whatever you're going to use as we look into uh, the scriptures, uh, go to Proverbs, the third chapter, if you would, Proverbs, the third chapter. I've been in the book of Proverbs in our daily devotions. If you've not caught those, uh, go back. You can look at all of them on our app. I did miss a few days this week, um, understandably, but uh, we'll be back, Lord helping, on finishing up, wrapping up chapter three this week and getting into chapter four, but um, the Lord dealt with me while sitting in the hospital this week with Mary, uh, and he just really tugged on my heart. This is one of Pastor Hank's favorite scriptures. He always shares uh, on social media. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. And then the word trust really jumped off the pages at me as Mary and I were discussing uh, not understanding uh, certain variables that go on in life uh, when it comes to situations. Uh, she's been a trooper. She's not questioning and, and saying why, but she is saying she doesn't understand certain things when we ask of God. And so when we look at this word trust, uh, I grew up in a culture uh, where the patent cliche answer to how are you doing was trusting Jesus. That was the patent answer that we gave. And I've come to understand in 52 years that that was just that. It was a cliche. Most of the time, we, we didn't even realize what it was to trust Jesus. Um, we're, we're told in the scripture, we're told by great people, uh, pastors, evangelists, prophets, teachers to trust in the Lord. Uh, we've probably, I know that I have, told other people in the circumstances of life that they didn't understand to trust the Lord. Just trust Jesus. Um, sometimes what we think it means is don't worry. God's going to eventually give you what you want. God will come around to your way of thinking. At some point, if you'll just trust him, hang in there, don't quit, don't give up. Wait for God to answer your way, because we kind of believe in a Burger King God. Have it your way. And, and he will let you make your own choices, and he'll let you have it your way. But my way is not always best. That's why I, don't, I can't lean to my own understanding. The Passion Translation says, don't lean on your own opinion. He'll take care of things in the way that you want them. Now, don't 
misunderstand and misinterpret and get confused with what I have preached and what I still believe that God is good and He will give you the desires of your heart. If you want a red Chevy F-150 truck, Ford F-150 truck, Chevy doesn't make an F-150. He'll give it to you if that's what you want and you can afford it. He won't give it to you if you can't afford it. But at the same time, as I develop this and give this to you, release this resource to you this morning, I've been learning what it really means to trust God. And trusting God is not always trusting Him that I'll get it, the outcome that I want when I want it the way that I want it. But it is believing and understanding that He has already worked everything out for a good and expected end for His children because He loves us. There's nothing that He has in His heart or His mind towards you that is bad, that is uh, uh, disconcerting, that is confusing, or that will hurt or harm you. That's not the Father's heart towards you. So what I just explained to you is not really trusting God. Uh, From the scripture, the King James defines trust as a bold, confident, sure security. So it's a bold and a confident surety of being secure in Christ and what he has done for you and what he has made you to be. It is trust, trusting is what we do because of faith. Trust and faith aren't the same thing. Trust is what we do because we have faith. It's a, this is the best part for me. It's a resting of the mind on the integrity, the veracity, and the friendship of God. Trust means that we believe just like the song that you sang in the promises of God no matter what the circumstances are. Even when there's not evidence that things are going to turn out good, we still trust Him. Now, the Hebrew lexicon describes trust as to set one's hope and confidence upon and to be secure, fearing nothing. Defined in one word, hope. In the King James, the word trust and hope can be interchanged. It's the same word, and you'll see that as we develop this. This is why we see David say in Psalm 43, verse 5, and he answers his own question when he says, Why so downcast, O my soul, put your trust or your hope in God. Hmm. Now the soul here is the mind, the will, and the emotions. Soul, O soul, mind, emotions, why are you downcast? Well, the climate around us sometimes, the environment around us sometimes, would cause our souls, our mind, and our emotions to be uh, feel like they're downcast, or that we're being oppressed, that there's uh, battles and trials. We talked to, on July the 4th, our message was, how do you respond in adversity? Not knowing the adversity that we were about to face, but the question still remains, and he is still faithful, and he is still good, and he is still true, how do I respond in adversity? I can tell you one thing, that Mary and Natalie, before and as this split-second 
incident is about to happen were crying to Jesus. They were saying, Jesus help. They, they saw what was about to happen and they knew because what is in them is their faith and their hope and their trust is in Jesus. And they just cried out, Jesus. He spared their lives. He spared everyone that was involved. He not only spared their lives, this vehicle was totaled. It was a head-on collision, and there was five people in their car, not one brain injury, not one concussion, not one paralyzation, not one internal organ damage, not bleeding internally. He is a good, good father. Now, the Hebrew word for trust is batak. Now, you have to understand, and in Western cultures, we don't understand the pictographs that the Hebrew language was written in. See, every letter of the Hebrew alphabet is a picture. It draws a picture. I should have put some of the letters on the screen for you, but I went the easy route, and you're going to see pictures that you would understand of what these letters mean in the Hebrew. So there, it's, the, it's three letters. Batak in Hebrew is bet, tet, chet. That's the three letters that spell out this Hebrew word. Now the bet, B-E-T, is it means inside. Now look at the screen with me for just a second. Um, this is going to help you. Uh, it's, we're going to get divine strategies today on how we can learn to build our trust in God. Does anybody want to build their trust in the all-powerful, all-knowing, almighty, everlasting, loving God, the Father? I want to put my trust in Him. I want to build my trust in Him. So the word in Hebrew, bet, is the letter, and it means inside. It means inside a home, inside a tent or dwelling place, or inside a family. That's the picture that this one letter creates See, just in one letter, see the picture that's already being painted for trust? It's a picture of a tent, a home, or a family. It speaks of being on the inside, abiding and resting. There's the key. Abiding and resting. We talk a lot about resting in the finished work of the cross of Calvary. What Jesus did at the cross is a finished work. It can never be unfinished. What he did to provide righteousness for you, to place you in a covenant that he made with God himself, God swore an oath to himself, he removed you from the covenant, so it's not based upon any work that you do, it's based on the work that he already did, and we rest in that finished work. We abide in that finished work. We are inside of that covenant. When the word trust is used in scripture, the term in, I-N, is frequently followed. It, fo it follows what it's talking about. Let me give you an example. Psalm 33 verse 21. We have placed or we have trusted and here's the word that follows frequently, in his holy name. Inside, we have trusted. Being in a home or a family are places that can and ideally should be associated with security, trust, and rest. You are inside the family of God. We've been talking about sonship last month. You are a child of God. 
Now, there are different levels of that, but you are a child of God. You are a son. You are inside the family of God. Listen to this. You can rest and be secure in the fact that you will never be kicked out of the family. That's something that we can really hold on to. Family, rest, home. That's the first letter of this word trust. Let's look at, first let me say this. The entire Bible, the word of God, the written word of God, the scriptures start off with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, bet. B-E-T, in the beginning, see, in the beginning. So we start off, and then the whole Bible starts with this first letter, indicating that everything starts with God's desire to create a family. From the beginning, that's been his plan for us to be inside of a family. It's difficult for people who have not had good upbringings and who have not had a strong family to understand how much that you are a part of the family of God and that he has created this safe and secure place for you to abide in and to rest in. There's no security or trust outside of him. Now the second letter here that's used in the word trust, is this helping anybody? Tet. It means wrapped. The picture here of this second letter of the Hebrew uh, is a picture of something wrapped Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes. It also can be the term that's used for the tight wovenness of a basket. See the pictures on the screen? The wrapping concept can be related to a baby's love to be swaddled and wound tightly in a blanket. It seems to be soothing for infants to be bundled this way. Listen, to be unswaddled biblically meant was likened to to being abandoned but see we're not abandoned we've never been abandoned he's not rejected us he's accepted us he he's he's approved of us and he promises us that in this covenant that we're in because we're in the part of the family of god that uh we are a part of this family and that we are never abandoned and he'll never leave us it's the first letter in the Hebrew for the word good. So if we were going to look at the goodness of God and study all that is good about God, and we looked at the Hebrew word for good, the first letter of that Hebrew word would be this tet, T-E-T. It, um, trust has to do with distinguishing what is good about God. That we are wrapped, <laughs> that we are swaddled in the goodness of the Father's everlasting arms. So we're building just by the pictures that these Hebrew letters represent what the word trust really means. Psalm 34 verse 8 says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Now we, let's not... Leave an empty sandwich, as my mom used to say it. Let's finish it on out. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. See, the goodness and tasting of the goodness of God here in this concept is connected to uh, trusting in God. 
And the last letter of the Hebrew word batak for trust is chet. It means a fence or a wall. And it's depicted by the picture of a fence or a wall. And it's attached to the concept of being surrounded, protected, embraced. It's the term uh, of exclusivity. And what I mean by this word of exclusivity is no one is excluded outside of the promises of God that are yes and amen in him that we sang about and that Jesus provided for us through the work of the cross. No one has been excluded. Everyone can come. Everyone can be surrounded by, can be protected by, and can feel the embrace of the goodness of God. This word here, Chet, is highly connected with the concept of covenant. Now, you hear us talk a lot about the covenant that God made with the children of Israel, and He gave them a law. Do you know what the law was for them? It's a co- in the covenant, in using this chet, it was a fence or it was a wall that hemmed them in to protect them. Am I right? They, they, he provided everything they needed inside of that covenant. That's not what he really wanted for them because he wanted a personal relationship with them. He wanted to talk one-on-one with them, but they couldn't handle that. So he made a covenant for them to protect them until... He can send the promise of His Son Jesus to bring us a better covenant with better blood and better promises. Can I get an amen? And so this word chet, this fenced in, we are surrounded and protected and we are embraced inside of this covenant. See, inside the goodness of God, we are protected. That's what it means to trust. That inside the family of God, inside the home that he's created for us, in this covenant where we are surrounded and protected and embraced with his goodness. Wrapped, swaddled, not abandoned. So this pictograph differs differs in the thought though from bet because it speaks more of boundaries. This word chet, this letter chet. Our part of trusting God as it concerns this letter is for us to stay with inside the fence of His protection. Psalm 32 verse 10 says, Many sorrows shall be the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy or grace shall surround him. Does anybody like being surrounded by the goodness of God, the mercy of God and His grace? And as... I don't think that we can go outside of his protection. But I can guarantee you that if you stay inside. See, it's like in the old covenant, the door was applied, the blood was applied to the door. And he said, as long as you're inside, you're protected. Well, the blood has been applied to my heart, to your heart. And he's living on the inside of us. We are inside of the covenant. We are inside the promises of God. And in that we are protected by his goodness. Now if we combine all of these concepts of Bet, Tet, and Chet. (laughs) Sounds like three brothers. um, We come up with the idea of being on the inside and being surrounded and protected. So if we use these in, in the form of the word trust. 
and we unify these concepts, we should read this word to mean this. Okay, so here's the, the complete definition with these three letters and their pictures. It means that trusting God, this should be on the screen, that trusting God is abiding and resting in Him by discerning His goodness and greatness and being protected, embraced, and surrounded by His covenant love, His compassion, and His favor and grace. That's what it means to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. I, I've in this life journey with God, and especially recently, I have, I've all, I love my children. I love all of them, all five of them. By God's help and the love that I have, I've treated my bonus children the same way that I've tried to treat my children, and Lisa has done the same for my three. They're ours. Um, and they have they know this love they've seen us express this love my children have been able to visibly uh, and they have observed and commented and this is all because of Jesus the change in my life over the past 10 years they've observed it they've commented of it uh, that's growth and I still have growth that God wants to bring in my life that I want to surrender to but when you get into situations where you get a phone call and you really don't know what all is encapsulated in that call that you just got, but you know that your heart just sank to your toes. Um, and then you go 110 miles an hour down the road to try to get to the hospital to see what's wrong with your children because all you know is they've been in a horrible wreck and it was bad enough that they're gone, they've gone to the hospital. The, uh, sweet EMTs that allowed both of my girls in separate ambulances to call me. On the way to the hospital, call me. So to hear their voice, I know they're alive. Uh, they were scared. They were hurt. Now, when I saw Natalie, I, I said, oh, Lord, uh, uh, it was bad. But visibly... On her, she has lots of lacerations on her face and arms and cuts and bruises. Um, she broke her finger, but she didn't break her finger in the actual wreck. She broke her finger because she's feisty and she's a fighter. She wanted out of the car, so she started trying to break the window out to get out of the car. That's how she broke her finger. Uh, so the Lord got me there, and I was able to see both of the girls before they went into the emergency room, kissed them, prayed for them and was there with them. Their mother was on a trip. She was there quickly. Lisa was there with us. Um, her stepsisters and family, Matthew, we were, we were just all there uh, trusting God. Now, when I say trusting God, that word has become a lot more to me over the last two weeks than the cliche patent answer that I've given all of my life. I'm trusting God. Um, so Mary is had broke her pelvis and She's had two major surgeries, and um, there's questions we don't understand. When you don't sleep for four days, and you pray, and you're believing, and you're trusting God, and you don't get any sleep, she said, I just don't understand. And my cliche, patent answer to my daughter laying in this bed was, trust God. Just keep trusting God. But see... Then as the Holy Spirit began to work and I studied this out and I see 
that trusting is completely different than for me just wanting certain things to happen a certain way. Because, see, when I begin to trust and I'm, I believe and I understand that I am inside the family of God, that I am His and I'm protected by His goodness and that He wants nothing but good for me, His intentions are, are for me are always good, and then I begin to understand what the divine strategies are that help me build my trust in Him. Do you want some of them? Don't let a hard season harden your heart. Don't let something that's hard in life harden your heart. Because if I let my heart get hard, then I'll stop believing that he's good. But he's always good. Now when your baby's sitting in a hospital bed and she can't get out of the bed and you want to do everything to just pick her up and make her all right, he's still good. And trusting him is, I tell Mary, I'm telling myself, we can't let a hard season harden our hearts. Don't hate, but learn to meditate. We've got to go to the scriptures. We've got to meditate on everything that he's promised, all of his goodness. Because we've, we've taught our children, they've been quoting scriptures for years. But when that scripture is applied now and we can meditate on that promise because that's all we really have to hold on to in that moment. You're faced with certain trials and situations. It's amazing that God had us talking about adversity four weeks ago and how to respond to it. Our, in responding to this adversity, all we can go to, Justin, is the word of God, the scriptures. And we hold on to those promises. And we decree and we declare those promises. You can't depend upon quick fixes. I'm talking about divine strategies and trusting God. You cannot depend upon quick fixes. I want a quick fix for Mary's pain. For Natalie and her uh, emotional well-being. I want a quick fix, but I can't depend upon quick fixes because God, the Holy Spirit, I've preached it before, sometimes there is a slow process of transformation that has to take place. One of the songs that Mary has just been playing over and over again is by Maverick City Music, and it's called Wait On You. And in the middle of that song, there's a phrase that says I've tasted your goodness I've trusted your promises I'm going to wait on you because trusting is knowing and understanding that I am in the family of God I'm protected and surrounded by his goodness and the outcome of this is not going to be detrimental to us in any way shape or form uh, which that's the next little strategy what is coming is better than what you're going through. As we're trusting in the hard times and not letting our hearts get hardened and we're meditating on His promises through the Scriptures, then we have to believe that what is coming is better than what we're going through. Can I get it? Amen. Does anybody want to wait on what's coming? Now see, God is not working to heal Mary. 
Jesus already provided, bought, and paid for her healing. She is whole, well, and healed. Mary and Natalie both are whole, well, and healed physically, psychologically, and physically. We just not, have not seen all of the manifestation. That's why I've posted this week, I still believe. I, I'm, I don't believe that the, the stories of the miracles of God are fairy tales. I believe that they literally happened and the same Jesus that caused the lame to walk, the blind to see, the deaf to hear, and the dead to raise again is the same God that I have put my faith and trust in to do miracles. And we have seen a million little miracles. And we will continue to see miracles. Don't give up. Someone may just look at you and think, well, because they didn't give up, I'm not going to give up. Uh, study his resume. Look at his credentials. If you're going to trust someone, you probably want to find out a little bit about them before you put your trust and your faith in them. Well, if you can get in here and you can find the goodness of God and you can find uh, his credentials and his resume that he is faithful, that he's never failed. I mean, we sing it, folks. We sing it week in and we sing it week out and the lyrics are on the screen, but it's not just a good song to sing with a nice, nice beat. It is the truth. You have to make a decision not to worry. You can't worry and trust. And this is another one that one day, Mary, just out of the clear blue, she said, I don't, I'm not thanking God enough. I'm asking him too much. I'm asking for him to do too much, and I'm not thanking him enough. And I said, baby, you ask for help. And you thank God for what he's done, what he's doing, and what he's going to do. But you can ask for help. One of the strategies in trusting God is being able to ask. And keep asking and keep knocking and keep seeking because he is going to answer as we trust in him. John, if you'd come. To trust is to move to a stable conviction. I'm wrapping it up. To trust is to move into a stable conviction, a personal conviction that whatever Papa decides to do is the right and the best thing. It means being at peace with what he whatever he does and what he decides to do. It's to accept that he often acts in paradoxical ways to my thinking. And sometimes... It may even be contrary to the way that I'm thinking of what is best. So as I've observed my daughters and especially Mary in the hospital, I'm finding that, and the, the doctors and nurses have confirmed this, that she's at peace in daddy's presence. They, her blood pressure drops, her heart rate goes down when daddy's in the room. All I'm saying to say that is, your daddy's always with you. We should be at peace in daddy's presence. She sings songs. I, I, I'm constantly praying in the spirit in the room. I just pray in the spirit constantly. And I'll have my eyes closed and I'll be praying in the spirit and I'll open my eyes and I'll see Mary. 
worshiping in the bed, singing. Kim encouraged me this week with a word that helped me to trust God through this hard season. She said, see your girls, imagine your girls, get the vision in your mind and your imagination of them completely restored, doing what young ladies like to do. And this is how she ended it. She said, it's done. I'm holding on to that. I've got that imagination, that vision. What are you trusting God for today? What's in your imagination? What are you visioning for your life? See, because you're in the family of God, you're surrounded and wrapped in His goodness, and He's protecting, embracing you with His favor. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you. He will lead you in every decision that you make. Become intimate with Him in whatever you do. And He will lead you wherever you should go. Verse 7, don't think for a moment that you know it all. For wisdom comes when you adore Him with undivided devotion. And avoid everything that's wrong. One of the translations says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him. And He will straighten out your path. See, because I can make choices and my decisions will cause the path to be long, hard, curvy, windy. But if I'll not lean onto my own opinions and I'll trust Him believing that I am in His covenant plan and that I'm surrounded with His favor and His grace... I'm protected and I'm secure, then He will straighten out those paths and make them smooth. I'm reminded of the scripture in Isaiah that He will make your hard places smooth and He will bring down the high places and He'll straighten out every curvy road. You won't have to drive through West Virginia to get to the plan of God. It'll be like Oklahoma and Kansas. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? Thank you for letting me share from my heart today. As I'm learning to build my trust in Papa. And I hope it's encouraged you so that you will learn to build your trust. Amen. Without a doubt, I know people watching, people under the sound of my voice, people in the room, You've got difficult situations going on as well. Mrs. Barton had a heart attack this week. She had a stent put in. She's home resting. Michelle Barton's at home sitting with her dad today. He, he's not doing well. He needs help. And prayer for my mother-in-law, Fred, and Lisa's mother, Sue, as she has challenges in her life that she's facing. And I know that every one of you do. You have decisions that you have to make. There's financial battles ahead. There are relationship issues. There are things that people are really, really, really trusting God about. So this message was not just encouraging to me, but I released it knowing that we all have adversity and battles and situations, and we can learn to trust in God. So as you bow your heads this morning, 
as Kim encouraged me to do this week, would you begin to imagine in your heart and in your mind the perfect completion and answer to every one of those battles and struggles in your life? And would you say with me, on the count of three, it's done. One, two, three, it's done. Would you continue to pray and meditate? I'm going to ask John to sing. Then I'll pray with you at the end. If anybody has anything on their heart, feel free to share. But this altar is open, your seat. You can pray wherever you want. But would you just spend a few moments and really begin to meditate on what you heard today and ask the Lord as you begin to build your trust in Him.